Life is like a box of chocolates, said Forrest Gump. But for two teenagers in Israel, life is like a jar of money. 425 gold coins to be exact enough, experts say, to buy a luxurious home. Israelite teenagers were volunteering their time this summer on an archaeological dig when they found something. Actually, some things were found. 425 coins, pure 24 carat, dated to be over a thousand years old. A lot of money back then, but not enough for a mansion today. About $50,000 in today's coinage, but those coins are priceless. They're a window into how money was kept and spent in Israel over a millennium ago. Gold proves its worth yet again through history. Our faith is like this. No, not buried in the dirt for years like the lazy servant with his talent. Refined, pure, like gold, tested and tried through life's crucible. Only in Christ, our mansion will be given, not bought. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, here on 11-20-20-20, where today we're sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and as we're wrapping up a series called Comfort Ye My People. I hope you've been able to hear our programs this week, as we've been looking at the life of George Friedrich Handel and the powerful oratorio that he wrote called The Messiah. Considered one of the greatest pieces of music ever composed, surprisingly, he wrote it in only three short weeks. He never left home, barely took food, and worked around the clock. His housekeeper found him in tears one day, trying to get him to eat. Why was he crying? He had just completed the score for the Hallelujah Chorus. Like I said, Messiah is probably the greatest collection of music ever written. But don't take my word for it. Beethoven thought Handel was the world's greatest composer. He hand-copied the entire score of Messiah. He meditated on the verses. Mozart used Messiah and conducted it in Vienna. Just hum a few bars of the Hallelujah Chorus and you too will feel the power of this music. you didn't even know the Hallelujah Chorus was from the Messiah. It might be one of the most recognizable songs, but every song in this oratorio is powerful because the lyrics come straight from the Bible. And that's why it was written, to share the gospel with a society that was drifting away from God's word and also the church. That's right, every word of Handel's Messiah turns the spotlight on Jesus and our need for him.
I know my Redeemer liveth, and so did Handel. Words moving from the prophecy of Job to the proclamation of Paul that Jesus is our risen Redeemer. Nothing like it, and I can't recommend it highly enough for you as we move into the holiday season. We're playing it already nonstop at my house, even before an American Thanksgiving. I'm going to share with you a particular two-CD recording of Handel's Messiah that we're offering at the ministry, recorded by the Cambridge Singers, conducted and arranged by John Rutter with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. It was recorded in an English church in London, a smaller church, so that you could more clearly understand every word. Call us after the program. Fill your home and your heart this Christmas with the light and glory of your Messiah. Our number to call after the program, 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or if you have an extra moment, go to our website. Watch the mini-documentary that we shot while I was visiting Handel's house in London a few years back. Our web address is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now let's open this haven today with more from Handel's Messiah and the glory of the Lord. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. 
powerful lyrics right out of Isaiah. Verse 5, set to music by George Friedrich Handel. Here on a haven today, and a program, Comfort Ye, My People. Most of the week we've been looking at the beginning of Handel's masterpiece. The first three songs come from Isaiah 40. The prophet was foretelling the coming Messiah to give Israel comfort, even as they were being punished for their sins in exile. But the glory of the Lord would come some day, and everyone will see. But then Handel moves on to another prophecy found in Malachi 3, Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, the Lord of hosts, yet once a little while, and I will shake the hands and the earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake, and I will shake, formations I'll shake, the hands, the earth, the sea. The dry land, all nations are shake and heard it all. Of all nations shall come. The Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Nothing commands our attention quite like those words, thus saith the Lord. When the Lord speaks, power just comes forth. That comes across in this early moment from Handel's Messiah. But it's not the first words of this famous oratorio. It opens, as I mentioned, with Comfort Ye My People, from Isaiah 40. In fact, all 53 movements of Handel's masterpiece come directly from the text of Holy Scripture, put together by Handel's friend, a fervent Christian whose name was Charles Jennings. That's the first impression these artists wanted to give their listeners comfort. In their day, the Enlightenment had all but snuffed out religion. The Christian faith seemed to many to be one last remnant of a bygone era. Very few would have renounced their faith publicly. Yes, they were good church people back then in England, but to many, it had become largely a cultural religion. Jennings knew the power of God's Word, and he knew that people might hear it in a fresh way by setting the full breadth of Jesus' life on display through music. And his good friend, George Handel, was clearly talented, but I doubt anyone could have imagined what Handel would unleash in those three weeks when he was penning this oratorio between August and September 1741. And it all began with simple but edifying words, Comfort ye my people. That's how the Christian life begins comforted in knowing that our sins are forever paid for. Christ came preaching this forgiveness. That's what the prophets of old had foretold. Now, Jesus was actually doing it, pronouncing forgiveness 
and telling his followers, go and sin no more, comfort is where we begin. But that's not all there is to the Christian life. We're called to a life of holiness. The Lord refines us. He humbles us. And slowly but surely, he turns us away from ourselves and turns us to love for others. When I visited Handel's house in London a few years ago, I was inspired because I knew he had written Messiah in the very rooms that I was standing in and sitting in and passing through. But I was also blessed in knowing that this man, Charles Jennings, had a heart for others. The words of Scripture, beautifully set to music, were taking root in my heart. The Lord's refinement was evident in these lives of these two men. That's what I gathered when I spoke to Catherine Hogg, the librarian of the Foundling Museum, not far from Handel's house. Catherine, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift this. Can you tell me what it is that we are looking at now? This is Handel's will, um, which is four separate documents that he wrote over the last nine years of his life. Um, the first in his hand. This is in 1750, so he's just reached a certain age, uh, 65, and obviously thinking... Nine years later, he died. Yeah, he's not going to go on forever. He's quite comfortably off, and he sits down and writes his first draft of the will, which is then followed by four additional supplements. Does he mention the family hospital in this will? Yes, in the third um, of the supplements, he specifically leaves the score and parts of Messiah to the hospital because he's been doing benefit concerts for them to raise money and he realises if they don't have the score and parts, they won't be able to carry on because he provides the music every time. Oh, I see. And the music runs through over a thousand pages for the entire orchestra so it's quite a substantial donation. He leaves instructions that it all be copied out and given to the hospital. This was uh, very expensive. Just to print the music for an orchestra or a chorus to have would be quite an endeavour then. It would be be phenomenal. They actually hand-wrote it at this stage, so you're talking about a lot of people. And they took three weeks to copy it. Three weeks after he died, they delivered, um, I think it's uh, 1,400 sheets to the hospital. And we still have them here today. So uh, that, that, that... was a lot of royalty then that would eventually be coming to the Foundling Hospital. It it meant that they could carry on doing the benefit concerts, right, well, for many years after Handel died and brought them a substantial income. Even in his lifetime, his own benefit concerts for them raised a lot of money. The first person he mentions is the servant. Normally your servants come at the end. You start with your nearest and dearest and then people you uh, feel... Would you you say that was his Christian faith coming out, maybe? I'd say it's very characteristic of him, yeah, of his his nature, that he did prioritise, seemed to prioritise the poor, because his two, he had two main charitable interests, the Founding Hospital and also the Royal Society of Musicians, which mm-hmm. um, was to support um, musicians who'd fallen on hard times and their families. Mm-hmm. And he left them a very substantial bequest that wasn't matched for over 100 years. Mm. So he, he obviously had put a lot of thought into um, the poorer end of society. Mm. concern for the poor, kindness to his servants, a charitable spirit to good causes. The lives of saints like Handel and Jennings are a wonderful example to us. Like me, I hope it's an inspiration to you to know that Handel and Jennings were men of authentic faith in an age of deceitfulness. Our age today is no less deceitful. And these days, perhaps more than ever, 
we need reminders that authentic belief in Jesus must lead us to a life of holiness. The power to be holy, to really live out our holiness, comes from God alone. In the movements that follow Messiah's opening, the lyrics move from Isaiah 40 to a different Old Testament prophet, the prophet Malachi. In our English Bibles, Malachi is the very final book before we turn the page to the New Testament opening. His words are meant to ring in our hearts as we open Matthew then and begin reading about Jesus. Here's some of what God had to say through Malachi, though. Behold, I send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom ye seek, shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner, and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi, and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering of righteousness. That's the first three verses from Malachi 3. And many of these exact words are set to music in the early movements of Handel's Messiah. We find in these words both a warning as well as a promise. And Malachi does that by using the word refiner. What did it mean? We don't use the word today. Well, it was a worker of metals, one who applied extreme heat. The metal's impurities were exposed and burned away so that the metal became pure and ready for its intended use. Malachi warned that one day to come, the Lord would appear. It would be a day of tremendous purification, a day of fire even, and the Lord himself would be the refiner. And that's why Malachi asked, who may abide the day of his coming? Or in other words, who can endure it? No one is pure enough to stand before him. We don't just have impurities here or there. Our whole lives are filled with impurities. If the day of the Lord is like the refiner's fire, we're in trouble. But thankfully, Malachi also delivered a comforting promise to us. God himself will make us pure. We are not able to make ourselves pure enough for the day of the Lord, so he will do it for us. He says, He shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Look at what this purification does. It doesn't destroy. It restores. The Lord will come as a refiner, and when his work is done, the sons of Levi will still exist. They will still be priests, but now their offerings would be righteous in God's eyes. This coming day of the Lord didn't happen quite like God's people imagined. The Messiah came first, not to destroy, but to seek and save those who were lost. His first appearing was a rescue mission. He came forgiving sins. He came purifying those who are impure through and through. By faith in him, we all become priests, not offering animal sacrifices anymore. No need. 
We offer sacrifices of thanks and praise. We fill our lives with love for our neighbors and concern for those in need. And God accepts these as righteous offerings. Our Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. And that day will be a different kind of refinement. The whole world will be remade. Who can abide the day of that coming? Only those who have already been made pure, refined by the Spirit, and cleansed by the blood. May our lives be evidence of this profound work of Christ in our hearts, as we see in so many saints who have come before us, like Handel and Jennings. May I invite you to join me today in living a life of holiness, love for your neighbor, love for those around you in need, and in doing so, may our lives bear witness to the coming again of the Lord Jesus. Now that should fill you with joy and hope. He shall purify from Handel's Messiah with lyrics coming out of Malachi 3.3. You're listening to Haven today. We're calling the program Comfort Ye My People. I hope in these last few minutes you have been moved by the stirring music of Handel's Messiah. One thing that I 
really appreciate about this two-CD set that we're offering is that it was arranged by John Rutter in such a way that you can actually hear the lyrics exactly the way they would have sounded, performed in Handel's day. And I want the glory of the Messiah, both the music and the lyrics, that tell the story of Christ straight from the Bible to fill your Christmas season this year. Why don't you call us right now and make your gift to Haven today? Our number for this two-CD set of Handel's Messiah is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Remember, we are a listener-supported ministry, so your gift today will help us. You can also go online and watch the mini-documentary that we shot at Handel's house in London a few years ago, and you can make your gift there. Our web address is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And as we're getting ready to have to go and start our weekends, let me just remind you, if you planned to but didn't do it, we still have the TV series, season one of The Chosen. That's a two-DVD set for your minimum gift to the ministry. The life of Jesus told through the eyes of those whom he called back in the first century. It's there on our website. You can ask about it when you call. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next Monday? When again, we'll be sharing together this great story, the story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It's impossible to overstate the power of the words of Jesus. His is the voice that spoke creation into being simply by saying, let there be light. And His voice has an authority that we easily miss when we read the Gospels. Jesus rebuked a fig tree. It withered immediately. Every time Jesus issued a command to a demon, it obeyed. And when he spoke to the wind and the waves, they obeyed him. When Jesus called out to a dead man saying, Lazarus, come out, the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And according to God's word, in Christ, that same power is working in you. You can grow in your walk with Christ through Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.